social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting less. If you're social, then you really could be leading less. You can't have what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hello and welcome to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media. And on today's show, I am thrilled to speak with Jamie Simone, who is the Senior Social Marketing Manager at American Eagle Outfitters, one of my favorite and my daughter's favorite stores. So I'm super excited to talk to her today. She currently leads the social media strategy, including community management and engagement for the brand's nine plus million followers. So we've got a lot of questions about how she's able to do all of that through compelling content and social advertising buys, she's contributed to the brand's impressive social media presence over the past three years, and she's also worked on an incredible campaign called Project Live Your Life, which I can't wait to talk to her about there. And Jamie also, fun fact, believes that both red wine and ice cream can fix absolutely anything. So welcome, Jamie, to the show. Thanks, Carrie. I'm happy to be here. Oh, good. I'm so happy to have you. And, you know, I also, we have something in common other than our shared love of American Eagle. It's that I, too, believe that red wine and ice cream can fix anything. (laughs) It's very important. It really can. Yes, it truly can. Anything that's wrong, you either have a glass of red wine or a scoop of ice cream and you call it a day. makes it all better. Done. Perfect. Okay, so tell me, Jamie, a little bit about how you got your start and how you got into working within the social media field. Yeah. Um, so for me, I kind of actually fell into it. So I started um, right out of college. I was an intern with the American Red Cross. Um, it was unpaid. It was definitely some grunt work. But for me, I knew that um, wanting to get into the public relations field at the time, that anything that I could do to put on my resume that would help with that, that I had to do it. So out of college, took the unpaid internship, worked at the Red Cross for a few months, and then actually started working at an advertising agency that was in downtown Pittsburgh. So when I worked there, I started to dabble a little bit in social media, although a lot of my position there had to do with traditional public relations and media buying. So as I was there, um, you know, American Eagle Outfitters is based in Pittsburgh, and it's a company that I've always really wanted to work for. And there was an opening um, actually for just an overall digital marketing position. So I applied for it. I got it. And then I ended up in American Eagle Outfitters, and I was working on a whole breadth of uh, digital marketing. But as social media continued to grow and grow, and I continued to grow my interest in it, my my position eventually evolved into just being all about social media, which is really awesome. I love that story, and I, I particularly love how you had passion for the brand before you started. Did you feel, was it difficult to get, I would imagine, since it's in Pittsburgh, right, would it be difficult to get in with American Eagle? Would that be a hard thing to do? I would imagine it would be so competitive. It definitely is competitive. I think especially because it is, you know, one of the bigger companies in Pittsburgh and it's headquartered here. So, I mean, especially too, I think, you know, growing up here, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh originally and, you know, I wore American Eagle in high school. So you would always like see that it was headquartered in Pittsburgh and it was just really cool to have a company like that in your hometown. So, I mean, that was definitely the appeal for me. 
That's so great. And when you were when you decided that you wanted to get into the social side, you know, I know you had a traditional PR background and looking at at social. Did you find that you were a very natural social user yourself? Was that something you were into personally when you used it, or was it something yes. more that you saw? Yes, you were a social Definitely. user. Definitely, one hundred percent. So, I always say that I kind of like grew up with social media mm-hmm. a little bit because whenever I was in college, was actually when Facebook first started to launch, and it was still ah. very exclusive, and you had to have the college email address. So. Definitely kind of evolved with social media from the beginning of it and the inception of Facebook. So, I mean, it's always been something that's been a part, really, of my personal life. And how important do you think it is, Jamie, that that somebody who works in social really likes social media, that there's something that that they're not – it's a natural inclination for them? Could you do it if you weren't into social? I don't want to say that you can't, but I'd say it would be very difficult because – you're so immersed in it every day and you really have to keep up with it. And I mean, you're using it all day at work on a personal level. And I mean, I'm sorry, all day at work on a professional level. And then when you get home at night, you know, you still want to be able to connect with your friends and, you know, see pictures of people's babies and all the other stuff that's happening on your social network. So you really do have to be into it because you're pretty much hooked in 24 seven. And you talked about a little bit when you use it professionally all day at work and then you go home and use it personally. Do you ever feel like because you're on social so much of the day that you ever want to shut off when you get home? Or do you feel like, (laughs) yes, yes, right? I feel that too all the time. Definitely. Sometimes it starts to drain you a little bit, you know, when you do it all the time. So whenever we go on vacations or, you know, if there's a long holiday weekend, I always try to take that time to really unplug and not be constantly checking my Twitter feed for what's going on and get all the new news. Yeah. So checking your Twitter feed, I can only imagine if you're doing... So are you overseeing the community management for American Eagle? Is it just you? How does that work with this huge, massive community? How do you handle the community management? So luckily, the team has grown over my past four years here in American Eagle Outfitters because when I did start, it was just really me and my boss. There were two of us kind of handling everything for social media. And at the time, it was working to an extent, because, you know, social was still kind of smaller. We didn't have a ton of followers yet. But as things started to grow, we did start to staff the area a little bit more appropriately. So, um, you know, right now we have five people on the social media team that focus on American Eagle Outfitters. So um, I oversee those five people. Well, four people, because I'm one of five. Um, so really overseeing the content, the publishing, all of the brand projects, and also the community management. So I'm not actually in there every day responding. We have a community manager that's doing that. But you know, whenever you're overseeing a team like that, you definitely have to know everything that's going on. So I'm trying to get in there every day and like read through everything that's happening on our Twitter feed and on Facebook and on Instagram. So even though I'm not responding, it's still a lot to keep up with. Yeah, I would imagine. And and you probably must have felt like it was hard growing from a team of two to a broader team to not obsessively check the Twitter feed, the Facebook uh, stream, all of these different it was. mediums. It's yeah. probably hard to step away, but probably a good good relief too, right? Not to be as tied to it. Yes, definitely. But, it, it was nice to start to get other people that, you know, were helping out and you everything doesn't always fall on your shoulders anymore. Absolutely. I've seen that a lot. I, I definitely have. And in, in conversations with, with other people at brands, like it's often very, very, very hard to step yeah. away. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about the overarching kind of strategy or philosophy at American Eagle. What are you using social media for? Why are you there? And and kind of your overall, if you had to give like a vision for what American Eagle Outfitters is doing within social. Yeah. So for us, um, you know, social media all comes back to engagement and also showcasing our customer. Um, you know, those are the the big things that we're, we're really trying to do through social media. Um you know, we've dabbled a little bit with social advertising and doing things like that and trying to prove an ROI with social, but 
really, it's difficult to do something like that on platforms like Tumblr and mm-hmm. Instagram. There's there's really no direct connection with an ROI. So we really use it as a tool to engage with our customer, to show ways to wear our product that's really inspirational and just encourage people to buy. Wow. And so how do you know which networks are the right networks for you? If you're talking about Tumblr, I know you're on Tumblr, you're on Instagram, you're on a lot of these networks. How do you determine what's right and how do you know if it's a success? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. So, you know, for us, where we've definitely seen the most success lately is Instagram. Um, We get a lot of engagement on that channel. I think a lot of other brands, especially retail, are seeing probably the same thing because Mm -hmm. it's so visual and people just want to see how the product looks on you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's it's hard... (laughs) Sometimes it gets difficult to, you know, really, you can't put each social network against each other apples to apples because, you you know, for me, each one serves a different purpose. So, and that makes it a little bit more difficult to kind of measure everything because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're using Facebook is more about advertising now these days and more about direct response to the customer. So, you know, we're actually partnering a lot with our um, CRM team internally to, you know, do some things with advertising and custom audiences Mm -hmm. and, you know, and the same thing on Twitter, we're actually using that as a balance between the two-way communication and customer service with our customers. But, you know, also on top of that, doing some advertising and trying to get that direct response um, going on that channel as well. And then Instagram is really about the inspiration as well as Tumblr and just big, beautiful pictures. And, you know, then our blog is just overall telling the story of the brand and big initiatives that we have going on and finding out more about the product. So, you know, it's really hard whenever you look at how you're measuring things because you have to kind of measure each platform in a different way. Absolutely. And if you're looking at where there's engagement and things are happening, you know that there's activity there. So I think that that's the first sign, right, is are people exactly. engaging, like you said, with Instagram. Do you have trouble when you have to tell this story up to the C-level or up to the decision-making level of, like, we need to do social, we need to keep moving forward on specific networks? Is that a challenge for you? And if so, how do you push forward? You know, I'd have to say, whenever we first start out with social media, yes, definitely a challenge. Um, you know, anything from product reviews to Twitter to mm-hmm. starting a Pinterest account, like everything was just little baby steps and it was always a challenge of trying to sell it internally. But I think at this point that, you know, especially at the C-level, everyone sees the importance of social media mm-hmm. right now. So, you know, we kind of have a little bit of free reign to try out some new stuff. And, you know, everyone's that very passionate about making sure that, you know, we're on all these networks and we're doing the right things. That's so it's definitely gotten easier. That's awesome. Yeah, we've heard that quite a bit as well when we're talking to a lot of different brands about that, you know, everyone eventually had to get on board simply because people, you know, brands are there. They're all there yeah. and they're all doing it. And it's definitely been cool to kind of be a part of that evolution to where, you know, social media maybe wasn't the biggest part of our marketing mix, and now it's just starting to grow more and more. Would you say it's a big percentage of your marketing mix now? Would it Has it made a larger percentage of what you're doing as I a would whole? say that, you know, at this point, I think every large brand initiative or campaign that we're doing, social is always an aspect of it. Even if it's not driving the concept overall, it's always, all right, here's our concept for the season. Now, how are we going to spread this message for social? And how is social going to really integrate in this to make sure that we're getting the exposure that we want? I love that. So making sure that social is, is part of an integrated approach. And, yeah, absolutely. But I, I do believe that one program that you've done that has been a real, a real staple socially is something that was born out of social, right, and then driven into and supported by some of your other marketing channels. And that was Project Live Your Life. Is that, did that start as a social initiative? It did, yes. So, um, you know, for us as a brand, 
we were starting to see that, you know, everyone was starting to look a little bit similar in our space. So Mm -hmm. between us and our competitors, it was almost like a sea of sameness between, you know, imagery and what the brands were standing for. And we were looking for a way to differentiate ourselves. So that's how Project Live Your Life was born. And um, we've done it, I think, four times now over the past few years. And it's essentially a contest that we do twice a year, um, and it's to get people actually into our marketing campaign. So we're really taking our customers and putting them at the forefront of our brand and showing that, you know, we really are a democratic brand and we're about our customer. And so how do they do that? How does it work? So it works by, um, you know, you enter through, you know, a normal way that you would enter a contest. We have an entry form. You know, you upload some stuff about yourself. You tell us who you are. Tell us how you live your life. That's always our tagline as a brand. Yes. Um, and then also some photos of yourself. So you kind of create this little mini profile. Um, and then from there, you just promote yourself. You know, you get people to share your photos. Um, we gave away weekly prizes for, like, most, like, photos every week. And then we actually had an internal judging panel that went through all of the entrants and then picked people to actually come on our photo shoots. It's really amazing. I saw, And then I saw what you did was you took a lot of the behind-the-scenes photo shoot stuff and used it for social content as well. I thought it was so great. I loved it. I was just, like, kind of combing through, and I loved how you were able to turn not just the contest but the winning itself into a really kind of organic content experience. Yeah, it really gives people, too, like a little bit of a peek behind the brand. Like, I think for a lot of people that what a big brand does, how it operates, you know, what happens at these photo shoots, it's always a big mystery. So we pulled back that curtain a little bit by actually having real people attend because, you know, they're so excited about what's going on and they're sharing photos and content and interacting with each other. And, you know, the models always turned into like these great groups of friends. So it was just, it was a very cool experience to always be a part of. That's really a great program. I mean, it's just so what it, it hits on your two main tenants, which is exactly what you talked about. You talked about wanting engagement and you wanted to show and share customer stories. I think that it it meets both of those. Yeah, absolutely. That's really great. And to have been there from the inception from that. And now this is the how many years have you done it? Three? Is it three? Two? Yep. It's been three years, I believe. And then um, this back to school will be the fifth time that we do it. That is awesome. Yeah. That's really just so great. So here's a question for you. You are on all of these networks. You're doing all of these great things. You're in a very competitive landscape where brands like yours are doing these great things. How do you stay on top of the game and stay relevant and keep pushing forward to be like the first to do something? How, how do you do that? It's so difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it must be. I, I could imagine if I were sitting in American Eagle, I would every day be reading something that another brand is doing and go, grr, all the time yeah. and always want to, yeah, it must yeah, drive you me know, nuts. I think for us, it's always trying to stay on top of the newest things. So, you know, knowing when those new networks are launching and, you know, experimenting with how we can do things on them and also keeping up with what our competitors are doing. And, you know, we never want to be doing the same things as them if we see them do something that really seems like it's working. It's, you know, how do we build on what they're doing and make it even cooler? So, you know, it's, it's really, really hard to stay innovative in the space. Um, but you know, it's really just staying on top of what's happening in the industry, staying on top of, you know, what's happening with your competitors and even beyond your competitors, just some of the brands that just do a really awesome job in the social space. Um, like someone like Red Bull, I feel like they're always doing stuff that's really cool and always always innovative. So it was keeping up with what all of those people are doing and also having a team to bounce ideas off of is, you know, it, it's it's awesome because someone can come up with something that you're like, oh, I'm not really sure if this is the best thing. But, you know, once you all kind of get together and you bounce it around for a while, you can come up with something really great. 
Do you feel like the way you are you set up where you have brainstorms around social content ideas? How do you, how do you come up with your content? We do, yeah. So you know, every season we always come up with, you know, what's what's going to be the big hook for the brand overall this season, and then we do have, you know, big brainstorming sessions as a creative team to come up with how do we tie social into this, and how are we going to you know portray this in the stores and on our website. So you know, it's definitely. Um, those meetings are a time to definitely be very creative and come up with some cool stuff to do. And it just helps whenever you have a really great team of creative people that, you know, helps you come up with these campaigns. And do you, is a lot of your content, content that you come up with at like the beginning of the month or in advance, or is more of it just on the go, or is it a blend? It's definitely a blend. So, you know, social, it changes every day. And, you know, something could come up that's really cool that's happening in the marketplace, like something like Lawrencing after the, um, I think it was the MTV Movie Awards and everyone sharing pictures like wrapped up in a sheet because of Jennifer Lawrence. And yes, yes, so yes. Things like that, I mean, that come up, you definitely want to try to piggyback on that and, you know, find a way to put yourself in that conversation. So it's definitely a mix for us. We always have things that are planned out like for the entire season, but we always sprinkle things in like as they kind of come up. Awesome. And what do you think is the most rewarding part about your job in particular and then just working in social? So first for you and then overall in social, why should somebody uh, you know, kind of jump into that water? There's a lot of drawbacks, right, is you feel like you're always on. You have to always, always be on, always be checking, feel like you're always mm-hmm. connected, right? But yeah. I think there are a lot of great things, too. So tell me rewarding about your job and rewarding about the social media industry in general. I would say rewarding about um... – just my job is definitely my team. Um, you mentioned that there's five of us and it's a really great tight knit group. And it's just, it's so rewarding to come into work every day and just know that you're working with such a supportive and creative and, you know, fun group of people. So for me, I think that's the best part of my job right now is really just who I work with and my team. Um, I think social media overall What's really rewarding is you're definitely on the forefront of everything that's happening, Um, especially when you tell someone that you work in social media. I think some people usually don't really understand what that means, but they know that it's something that you're really tuned in to everything cool that's happening and the latest of technology and everything like that. So, you know, I think just being in social media just always keeps you definitely on your toes. And I just think there's a lot of opportunity. And how how important do you think it is to have a holistic kind of marketing experience before you jump into social? Do you think it's important to have a strong background in marketing? Do you think we should be learning about other other platforms, other ways of, you know, other forms of advertising, et cetera, um, before jumping into social? What do you think are some important skills to have? Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. Um, you know, I definitely say it's good to come into social media with an open mind. Um, I think it's really great for people like coming straight out of college. I can get into a company at an entry-level position and have that fresh perspective of what's mm-hmm. happening in social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say, too, I think something that's really important to have whenever you work in social that a lot of people maybe wouldn't expect is to be um, a little bit analytical because since a lot of what you're doing really doesn't tie back to like a solid ROI a lot yep. of the time, you, you really have to be able to dig into what's happening in your different communities and how people are reacting to your content and almost have that analytical mindset of, you know, digging into the numbers that you do have, but also that contextual conversation that's happening. So I definitely say having some sort of background and like analytics helps too. 
Yeah, I think that's a great point because it's it's really being able to tell the story and to tell the story through data and through Absolutely. what's happening out there. Yes, exactly. Because you're not it's not the same as pay-per-click, it's not the same as SEO, nope. it's not the same as any of those things. So yeah. it's really having an open mind and understanding uh, how to tell a story using data. I think mm-hmm. is key. Yeah, it's that. definitely having that balance of like right brain, right brain, left brain. Yes. Type, you know? Yes, for sure. Because you have to be creative as well as analytical, right? If you think about it, because you have to come up mm-hmm. with content constantly and content on the go. Do you feel how, do you feel like the, sh- the volume of content is so much that it's difficult in terms of how much content you have to put out? Or is it more, are you more engaging more regularly and putting out less content? Um, you know, we put out a lot of content mm-hmm. between all of our platforms, but the one thing that we do is we we try to be smart about how we reuse content across platforms. You definitely don't want to be reusing the same thing over and over and mm-hmm. over again and always have the same message on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. But you know, there are logical places where you can, you know, do a, do a photo shoot for one thing. Let's say, um, you know, you're focusing on denim. Mm-hmm. And you do this photo shoot with all these different denim shots, and it's really easy for you to take that content and use it across Instagram and Tumblr and our blog and also maybe create some Pinterest boards with it. So I think it's just it's definitely just being smart about how you use it. And also you want to have a good balance. Like you don't want to have too much content out there mm-hmm. for people because then I think they start to get a little bit sick of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just knowing what that balance is. And sometimes it's hard to find, and I think it's different for every brand. Yep. Jamie, are you more, when you're posting personally for yourself, are you um, more reserved, do you think, than you would be? Were you not working in social media or are you, are you more like just totally put yourself out there because of it? Do you think it affects how you post personally? Um, it definitely affects how you post personally because, um, you know, for me, I do have in my Twitter profile that I work for American Eagle Outfitters. Mm-hmm. So just by saying that, you know, you're representing the brand at that point. So, you know, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm myself on social media, but I definitely am a little bit more reserved. I try to keep my opinions about things like politics and anything controversial, like really to myself, because I don't personally think that social media is the space to debate that stuff anyway. Um, So I do think that when you have a job in social media, you, you do understand too that how many people are seeing what you're putting out there and how it can get you in trouble if you're not smart about it. So I definitely tried to be a little bit reserved. Yeah, I am too. And you know what I actually find also is like I'm even wary about posting too much. Like even on Facebook, I think about like all the time, am I posting too much because I post a lot of social stuff and then I'm like, okay, well, my friends from high school might not want to see that. Yeah, I think it was still that. I'm always like, ah, I think I might be posting too much about work stuff. I think it's kind of weird. Yeah, people are probably like, I don't want to read all these articles. Uh huh. Uh huh. (laughs) Um, So tell me um, about both. Oh, okay. Two good questions. So first, um, so I know that before you worked at um, an agency, right? You were your job before this was at an agency. Was that a PR firm? Correct, yeah. And then you came over to the brand side. What yeah. would you recommend is better when you're starting out in your career, or what do you prefer, brand side or agency side? I personally um, prefer brand side mm-hmm. just because, um, you know, I like the ability to be able to focus on just one initiative. And whenever you're at an agency, sometimes you're working on five or six clients at one time. So, you know, it's it's sometimes hard to switch your brain and put all those different hats on for all those different brands, especially if, you know, they aren't all in the same industry. Yep. But I will say being an agency, I think, is really great experience because it does really teach you how to um, manage your time, for one thing, because whenever you're an agency, it all comes back to hours and timesheets and all that fun stuff. But it also does give you that experience to work on a couple of different kinds of brands, especially if you work in an agency that deals with 
business to consumer as well as business to business marketing. Yes. So although my personal preference is brand side, I do think that there's a lot of really valuable experience working on the um, agency side. I think that's great. I, I think we get a lot of that feedback about with the agency, it's so much fun and you learn to multitask and you do all of that. But it, in terms of getting focus, I think is is uh, yeah. very interesting on the brand side as well. That's great stuff. And so tell me if for American Eagle this year, what is your main focus? What are you trying to do as you head into 15 and beyond? Is it newer now? Are you looking at newer networks? Are you looking at more engagement? Are you looking at navigating the Facebook algorithm? Is it yes, 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 and yes to everything? <laughs> uh, what What's the big thing that you're trying to accomplish? Uh, yes to everything. Yep. I, I feel like in social media, you're always trying to accomplish everything. You know, I think for us, it's always just... This year, we're trying to stay on top of what's happening in the space, you know, making sure we're staying on top of all the trends, all of the newer platforms that are coming out. Um, you know, a big one for us lately has actually been focusing on our blog a little bit more. There's always that battle between, um, you know, owned content and, you know, yes. what's out there on the social network. So, you know, for us, we're trying to build up our blog a little bit because that is something that we own and we know is always going to be there and that we can control. Yes. So investing some more of our time and our energy into that, definitely. Um, and then just engaging our customer. Um, you know, we do have user-generated content on our um, site right now at mm-hmm. AE.com. We have um, a little widget at the bottom. We actually partnered with Olapic that, um, you know, shows customer photos. And we have a little gallery where you can shop all the pictures. So definitely trying to build that up as well and just, you know, show that we are all about unique and individual style. That's great. I love Olapic. They pull, they're they pulling in the Instagram stuff, right? Correct. That's yes. so awesome. I Make remember reading that. which is great. Yes, that is so great. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, so it lo- looks like you're focusing a little more on owned um, and pulling into owned sites versus going into the onto the networks while still being on the networks but making sure that you have an owned presence. Did that come – it's interesting because I'm speaking about that um, – at Social Fresh coming up in July in oh, Florida. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That exact topic. Did you did that come about because of the dramatic shift in Facebook and the switch to paid? That that the realization of investing. That's what I'm finding is like we we invested all this time and energy into building up Facebook communities and building up all that. Now we have to pay to reach them. So it's much, much better to have an own space and then yep. and then farm it out. Is that where that came from? Same thing? Yep, definitely. Um, you know, that's definitely something that contributed to it because like a lot of other companies, you know, you you put all of your time and your energy and your advertising money into building up your Facebook presence. And, you know, for us, we have like 9.6 million fans right now. But wow. you know, then you're paying again to essentially retarget to those people and, you know, make sure that you're getting your message across. When Meanwhile, you paid to get them on your page in the first place in some cases. So, you, bet. you know, that was a little bit of a struggle for us. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely one of the things that brought it about. And you never know what's going to happen with these social networks. I mean, look at MySpace. I, it, it was the biggest thing going, and it was competing with Facebook. And, you know, then you kind of saw it fall from grace, and now it kind of came back in a new way where it's focusing a little bit more on artists and new music. And I really think that, you know, it's found its niche at this point. So yeah. you really never know what's going to happen with any one of the social networks. So it's always good to kind of have your own presence that you know you can always fall back on. Absolutely. I totally agree. I think that's a, that's a key a key insight is to look at what type of owned content you have and what you would do if the networks were gone tomorrow, would you still have your content? I think it's yeah, a really exactly. important topic. Okay. So back to you when I usually when I get 
ready to end the All the Social Ladies interview, I almost always ask all my ladies, what is a big career mistake that they've made ever and what they've learned from it? So have you ever had a career oopsie and what have you learned from it? A career mistake. Yep. You know, I have to say for me, it's um, not always following my gut. Yep. um, Because while working on a team is awesome and I love it and I love being able to bounce ideas off of people and, you know, kind of always have a team consensus that we move forward on ideas. You know, there have been sometimes in the past where we've kind of moved forward with something where I thought, "Mm, you know, I don't know if this is the best way to do this, but when you, when everyone else is kind of on board and they're with it, you don't want to be that negative Nancy that comes in and you're like, I don't know if this is the best thing to do right now. So I would have to say that for me, um, it's just not always following my gut and speaking up when I feel like there's a better way to maybe do something. That's great. And that's for fear. Do you think that doing that is from fear of offending or, you know, wanting to just go with the flow and that versus speaking your mind and, and probably presenting an alternative view that would have been, you know, better in the long run? I think it's a little bit of all of that. Um, for me, I am a very easygoing person. I'm non-confrontational. So, you know, if the majority of the group is like on board and all about this idea and they think it's great, you know, it's sometimes hard for me to speak up and be like, well, you know, I don't know, maybe we should go about this a different way. So, you know, I think it's for me, it's having a little bit more of that confidence to know that, you know, I know what I'm talking about in this space. And, you know, I I know what the best thing is usually in social media among the team. So, you know, just having that confidence to be able to say something whenever, you know, I feel like maybe an idea that we're going after may not be the right thing. I think that's that's dead on. And, and for many women in general, especially young women in their careers, having the yeah. confidence to actually speak up is is um, is definitely key. And so that leads, I mean, certainly that's a good piece of advice, but I'd love to know if you have any other advice for any of our young social ladies aspiring to work at a place like American Eagle Outfitters or grow into a position like yours, what advice would you have for them? Uh, my number one piece of advice is definitely network. Um, Make all the connections that you can. Find influencers on Twitter and follow them and interact with them, especially if you have a specific company in mind that you know you want to work for. Find people that work there and just, you know, start interacting with them in the social space because that's a really great way for you to get noticed because then whenever you put your resume in and if you have your Twitter handle on there, the person might think, oh, I follow this person on Twitter. This person follows me. Like, I already kind of know who they are a little bit. So it can definitely help you get your foot in the door. So, Network, 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 and never turn down an opportunity. My second thing, um, because I was talking about at the beginning of the um, podcast that, you know, out of college, I took an unpaid internship, but any little thing that you can do is going to help with your resume. So always just, you know, seize those opportunities. Do you think the unpaid internship helped you in your career? Because I I had that experience and I thought it changed my whole career. It, It helped me learn exactly what I wanted to do, gave me the hands on experience. I know now they don't really do unpaid internships, but. But, yeah. you know, I think it's... everyone's lucky these days. Yeah, I know. Right. It's a different <laughs> world, Jamie. I don't understand. The unpaid internship is no longer. I guess I for non- nonprofits, I think you still can do an unpaid internship, but you cannot yeah. in media at all do an unpaid internship. Yeah. And, I mean, I definitely think it helps because, you know, when you're doing a job and you're not earning money for it, it definitely gives you a different perspective. And, you know, you really have to love what you're doing to do I that. Agree. So, you know, I definitely think that it helps shape my career and, you know, um, help me get a foot in the door for sure. Well, Jamie, I loved these pearls of wisdom. They were awesome. And I loved learning all about American Eagle Outfitters. It sounds like you guys are doing amazing things. I love everything that you're heading towards. And I love to see what you've done already. And it's just, it's been a great pleasure to talk to you. 
Oh, thank you. I had a great time talking with you. Yay. Anywhere you want our listeners to check out, where should they go? Uh, just follow me on Twitter. It's at Jamie Simone. Yay, Jamie Simone. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.